This is Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo, author of the groundbreaking book, The Nature and Power of Prayer. Today, we will be continuing Pastor Greg's series on heavenly authority. So let's go right into the Sunday message. The last time we concluded the section on respect for authority and the limits of that respect, and we reviewed uh, New Testament scriptures that showed the importance of remembering, honoring, praying for, listening to, and being submissive in the church to those genuine servants of God who lead the church with sincere hearts and to minister God's holy word. Uh, believers, as we saw, are called to make their labor a joy and not a grief. And one last scripture on this from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12 and to the beginning of verse 13. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. That word admonish in the English, that means to indicate duties or obligations, to express a warning, sometimes a disapproval, um, especially in a gentle, earnest manner. Uh, to give friendly, earnest advice to reprove. In the Greek, the word that's being translated, the admonish, know that eo means admonish, to reprove gently, to put in mind, to caution, to instruct, to warn. And Vine says that in the Greek, the difference between admonish, the word for admonish, this notadeo, and to teach, is that admonish mainly has a view of things that are wrong, a call of warning, to warn against that which is wrong, as opposed to teach, which is an impartation of positive truth. It definitely has that meaning to warn against something that's being done that can hurt. So here he says to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. If we don't want to be corrected, we don't want to be admonished. If we want to continue doing the things we do, we do not want to be warned from the scriptures of not doing it. And so it can be a true labor for ministers in churches to speak the truth that the assembly needs to hear too often those who lead, those who minister the word, give up. It's just too hard. They'll say only the positive, happy teachings and avoid admonishing and so avoid a part of the calling of God in their lives because we need to be warned. You're not a good parent to your child if you don't warn them if something's wrong. You're not doing your work as a minister of the Lord if you don't admonish the people if something is wrong. We need warnings. And what does it say in Ezekiel chapter 33? 
and verse 7. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. Warn them for me. It's an important part of any ministry of the word. And all too often, it's put aside because it's tough. It's difficult. It's not popular. Here, Paul is telling them, knowing this, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love. The motivation, in love. The attitude should be in love. Just like you understand if a parent corrects you, they love you, and you should love them back. In love for their what? Work's sake, for the sake of the work. Just like last week we saw the scripture, it is not profitable uh, if their work is not a joy. He says here, for the work's sake, hold them very highly in esteem and love for the work's sake. And that's enough on that section on, on respect and honor and the limits of respect. But it's a good segue into our next section, speaking about the work, the work that needs to be done by the ministers, by the, those who lead the church, those that go out and preach the word. And the next section in our study will be on the gifts, the offices, and the workings in the New Testament. The gifts, the offices, and the workings. And it's, it's an exciting section. And as an intro introduction, I like to look at Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, starting at verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world, the whole world, and preach the gospel to every creature, the commission, the great commission, to preach the gospel to the whole world. Verse 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. They believe in the Son of God. There's a confession to that belief. They show it to the world by their baptism. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be saved condemned. Those that reject have condemnation. And verse 17, these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So here you have the going forth of the gospel, a gospel to be preached to all creatures in the whole world, a gospel that will be a dividing line. Those who believe and are baptized will be saved. Those who do not believe will be condemned. And with the going forth of the gospel, those who believe, not just the ones preaching, those who believe, these signs will follow them. In the name of Jesus, in my name, they will drive out demons. And this is one of the gifts, one of the workings in the New Testament. 
the driving out of demons. They will speak in new tongues, the gift of tongues. They will take up serpents. Now, we're not speaking here of foolishly testing God. And we all know of these small cultic kind of churches that they'll play with serpents. They'll have their kids handle poisonous serpents or they'll try to drink poison to show that they're believers. That's testing God. That's the same as the devil uh, trying to get Jesus to throw himself from the temple. That's testing God. You know, they would go out into a world that was opposed to them. There were demonic activities. There were a lot of risks in the physical realm. And there were people that would come against them. And the apostles went out and believers go out today. Missionaries go out today into areas that are just very deadly to go into. And this is not a test that you do to show that you believe. This is a promise of protection when you do what is right in preaching the gospel, that if you get bit by a serpent, and there's two meanings to this, it cannot harm you. You can take it up and it won't harm you. If you get poisoned, just think of the water that some of the missionaries have to drink and the things they have to eat just to be able to have some type of fellowship with the people they're ministering to to bring the word to them. It will by no means harm you. This is a promise of protection against a wrong done to you as opposed to a foolish doing of a wrong to yourself. Okay. But it's a miraculous, powerful promise. Demons will be driven out. New tongues will be spoken. Serpents will be taken up. You have an example in Acts, in Acts chapter 28, in the missionary journeys of Paul. In verse 3, but when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, he's making a fire. He's not testing God. He's doing the work God gave him to do. He's in this area. He's building a fire. A viper came out. You don't have to bring vipers to you. Vipers are going to automatically come against you if you're a believer. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire, and he suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. And you see how the people back then, you know, one minute, oh, he's hurt the gods, and now that he's alive, he must be a god, not understanding this is a man of God, doing the work of God, and supernaturally protected because of it, according to the words of his Lord Jesus, who said that you will take up serpents, you'll drink deadly poison, and not be hurt. There's a physical protection promised to believers. And there's also in here implicitly the idea of being able to have power over the enemy, the serpents, the scorpions that come against us. Uh, in Romans chapter 16 and verse 20, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. We are the believers. We are the body of Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ crushes the head of the serpent. We are his body. And so the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet Shortly, Paul says, speaking to the church at Rome. There is a principle of non-contamination when you come up against evil. When you go into these lands, you'll be confronted not just with physical 
difficulties, physical serpents and scorpions, but you'll come across spiritual serpents. Satan will be against you, and you can go into his land, you can touch the things he owns and set them free, and Satan will be crushed under your feet. In Luke chapter 10, a very important scripture, verse 19, Jesus speaking to the 70 that he has sent out who came back. And he said in verse 19 of chapter 10, Behold, I give you the authority. We're speaking about heavenly authority, right? I give you the authority. These are the 70, not just the 12, not just the apostles. 70 that were chosen to go out for a time and come back. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Tremendous promise. Because when you do what's right and speak the word of God, there will be physical things the devil will send against you. He'll cause humans to try to harm you. And there are spiritual attacks that you'll be under, but you can take up serpents and not be hurt. You can trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, Jesus says, shall by any means hurt you. You can find information about the nature and power of prayer by Pastor Greg Scalzo at www.pastorgregscalzo.com. And as always, you can find directions to our church services and a library of radio programs at www.shiarjeshub.org. Join us next time for Shiar Jeshub.